Part six of Colonel Chabert. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Colonel Chabert by Honoré de Balzac. Translated by Clara Bell and Ellen Marriage. Part six. A week after Derville had paid these two visits, on a fine morning in June, the husband and wife, who had been separated by an almost supernatural chance, started from the opposite ends of paris to meet in the office of the lawyer who was engaged by both the supplies liberally advanced by derville to colonel chabert had enabled him to dress as suited his position in life and the dead man arrived in a very decent cab he wore a wig suited to his face was dressed in blue cloth with white linen and wore under his waistcoat the broad red ribbon of the higher grade of the legion of honour in resuming the habits of wealth he had recovered his soldierly style he held himself up his face, grave and mysterious-looking, reflected his happiness and all his hopes, and seemed to have acquired youth and impasto, to borrow a picturesque word from the painter's art. He was no more like the Chabert of the old box-coat than a cartwheel double sou is like a newly coined forty-franc piece. The passer-by, only to see him, would have recognised at once one of the noble wrecks of our old army, one of the heroic men on whom our national glory is reflected, as a splinter of ice on which the sun shines, seems to reflect every beam these veterans are at once a picture and a book when the count jumped out of his carriage to go into derville's office he did it as lightly as a young man hardly had his cab moved off when a smart broom drove up splendid with coats of arms madame la comtesse ferreux stepped out in a dress which though simple was cleverly designed to show how youthful her figure was she wore a pretty drawn bonnet lined with pink which framed her face to perfection softening its outlines and making it look younger if the clients were rejuvenescent, the office was unaltered, and presented the same picture as that described at the beginning of the story. Simonam was eating his breakfast, his shoulder leaning against the window, which was then open, and he was staring up at the blue sky in the opening of the courtyard enclosed by four gloomy houses. "'Aha!' cried the little clerk. "'Who will bet an evening at the play that Colonel Chabert is a general and wears a red ribbon?' "'The chief is a great magician,' said Godeschal. "'Then there's no trick to play on him this time,' asked Desroches his wife has taken that in hand the comtesse ferreau said boucard what next said godeschal is comtesse ferreau required to belong to two men here she is answered simonin so you are not deaf you young rogue said chabert taking the gutter-jumper by the ear and twisting it to the delight of the other clerks who began to laugh looking at the colonel with a curious attention due to so singular a personage comte chabert was in derville's private room at the moment when his wife came in by the door of the office i say boucard there's going to be a queer scene in the chief's room there's a woman who can spend her days alternately the odd with comte ferreau and the even with comte chabert and in leap year said godeschal they must settle the count between them silence gentlemen you can be heard said boucard severely i never was in an office where there was so much jesting as theirs here over the clients derville had made the colonel retire to the bedroom when the countess was admitted madame he said not knowing whether it would be agreeable to you to meet monsieur le comte chabert I have placed you apart, if however you should wish it. It is an attention for which I am obliged to you. I have drawn up the memorandum of an agreement of which you and M. Chabert can discuss the conditions here and now. I will go alternately to him and to you, and explain your views respectively. Let me see, monsieur, said the countess, impatiently. Derville read aloud. Between the undersigned, M. Hyacinthe Chabert, Count Maréchal de Comte, and Grand Officer of the Legion of Honour, living in Paris, Rue du Petit Banquier, on the one part, and Madame Rose Chapotel, wife of the aforesaid Monsieur le Comte Chabert, née 
pass over the preliminaries said she come to the conditions madame said the lawyer the preamble briefly sets forth the position in which you stand to each other then by the first clause you acknowledge in the presence of three witnesses of whom two shall be notaries and one the dairyman with whom your husband has been lodging to all of whom your secret is known and who will be absolutely silent you acknowledge i say that the individual designated in the document subjoined to the deed and whose identity is to be further proved by an act of recognition prepared by your notary alexandre crottat is your first husband comte chabert by the second clause comte chabert to secure your happiness will undertake to assert his rights only under certain circumstances set forth in the deed and these said derville in a parenthesis are none other than a failure to carry out the conditions of this secret agreement Monsieur chabert on his part agrees to accept judgment on a friendly suit by which his certificate of death shall be annulled and his marriage dissolved that will not suit me in the least said the countess with surprise i will be a party to no suit you know why by the third clause derville went on with imperturbable coolness you pledge yourself to secure to hyacinthe comte chabert an income of twenty-four thousand francs on government stock held in his name to revert to you at his death but it is much too dear exclaimed the countess can you compromise the matter cheaper possibly but what do you want madame i want i will not have a lawsuit i want you want him to remain dead said derville interrupting her hastily monsieur said the countess if twenty-four thousand francs a year are necessary we will go to law yes we will go to law said the colonel in a deep voice as he opened the door and stood before his wife with one hand in his waistcoat and the other hanging by his side an attitude to which the recollection of his adventure gave horrible significance it is he said the countess to herself too dear the old soldier exclaimed i have given you near on a million and you are cheapening my misfortunes very well now i will have you you and your fortune our goods are in common our marriage is not dissolved but monsieur is not colonel chabert cried the countess in feigned amazement indeed said the old man in a tone of intense irony do you want proofs i found you in the palais royal the countess turned pale seeing her grow white under her rouge the old soldier paused touched by the acute suffering he was inflicting on the woman he had once so ardently loved but she shot such a venomous glance at him that he abruptly went on you are with la allow me monsieur derville said the countess to the lawyer you must give me leave to retire i did not come here to listen to such dreadful things she rose and went out derville rushed after her but the countess had taken wings and seemed to have flown from the place on returning to his private room he found the colonel in a towering rage striding up and down in those times a man took his wife where he chose said he but i was foolish and chose badly i trusted to appearances she has no heart well colonel was i not right to beg you not to come i am now positive of your identity when you came in the countess gave a little start of which the meaning was unequivocal but you have lost your chances your wife knows that you are unrecognizable i will kill her madness you will be caught and executed like any common wretch besides you might miss that would be unpardonable a man must not miss his shot when he wants to kill his wife let me set things straight you are only a big child go now take care of yourself she is capable of setting some trap for you and shutting you up in charenton i will notify her of our proceedings to protect you against a surprise the unhappy colonel obeyed his young benefactor and went away stammering apologies he slowly went down the dark staircase lost in gloomy thoughts and crushed perhaps by the blow just dealt him the most cruel he could feel the thrust that could most deeply pierce his heart when he heard the rustle of a woman's dress on the lowest landing and his wife stood before him 
come monsieur said she taking his arm with a gesture like those familiar to him of old her action and the accent of her voice which had recovered its graciousness were enough to allay the colonel's wrath and he allowed himself to be led to the carriage well get in said she when the footman had let down the step and as if by magic he found himself sitting by his wife in the broom where to ask the servant to grelet said she the horses started at once and carried them all across paris monsieur said the countess in a tone of voice which betrayed one of those emotions which are rare in our lives and which agitate every part of our being at such moments the heart fibres nerves countenance soul and body everything every pore even feels a thrill life no longer seems to be within us it flows out springs forth is communicated as if by contagion transmitted by a look a tone of voice a gesture impressing our will on others the old soldier started on hearing this single word this first terrible monsieur but still it was at once a reproach and a pardon a hope and a despair a question and an answer this word included them all none but an actress could have thrown so much eloquence so many feelings into a single word truth is less complete in its utterance it does not put everything on the outside it allows us to see what is within the colonel was filled with remorse for his suspicions his demands and his anger he looked down not to betray his agitation monsieur repeated she after an imperceptible pause i knew you at once rosine said the old soldier those words contain the only balm that can help me to forget my misfortunes two large tears rolled hot on to his wife's hands which he pressed to show his paternal affection monsieur she went on could you not have guessed what it cost me to appear before a stranger in a position so false as mine now is if i have to blush for it at least let it be in the privacy of my family ought not such a secret to remain buried in our hearts you will forgive me i hope for my apparent indifference to the woes of a chabert in whose existence i could not possibly believe i received your letters she hastily added seeing in his face the objection it expressed but they did not reach me till thirteen months after the battle of eylau they were open dirty the writing was unrecognizable and after obtaining napoleon's signature to my second marriage contract i could not help believing that some clever swindler wanted to make a fool of me therefore to avoid disturbing m ferraud's peace of mind and disturbing family ties i was obliged to take precautions against a pretended chabert was i not right i ask you yes you were right it was i who was the idiot the owl the dolt not to have calculated better what the consequences of such a position might be but where are we going he asked seeing that they had reached the barrier of la chapelle to my country house near grelet in the valley of montmorency there monsieur we will consider the steps to be taken i know my duties though i am yours by right i am no longer yours in fact can you wish that we should become the talk of paris we need not inform the public of a situation which for me has its ridiculous side and let us preserve our dignity you still love me she said with a sad sweet gaze at the colonel but have not i been authorized to form other ties in so strange a position a secret voice bids me trust to your kindness which is so well known to me can i be wrong in taking you as the sole arbiter of my fate be at once judge and party to the suit i trust in your noble character you will be generous enough to forgive me for the consequences of faults committed in innocence i may then confess to you i love m ferraud i believe that i had a right to love him i do not blush to make this confession to you even if it offends you it does not disgrace us i cannot conceal the facts when fate made me a widow i was not a mother the colonel with a wave of his hand bid his wife be silent and for a mile and a half they sat without speaking a single word chabert could fancy he saw the two little ones before him rosine monsieur 
the dead are very wrong to come to life again oh monsieur no no do not think me ungrateful only you find me a lover a mother while you left me merely a wife though it is no longer in my power to love i know how much i owe you and i can still offer you all the affection of a daughter rosine said the old man in a softened tone i no longer feel any resentment against you we'll forget anything he added with one of those smiles which always reflect a noble soul i have not so little delicacy as to demand the mockery of love from a wife who no longer loves me the countess gave him a flashing look full of such deep gratitude that poor chabert would have been glad to sink again into his grave at Eylau. some men have a soul strong enough for such self-devotion of which the whole reward consists in the assurance that they have made the person they love happy my dear friend we will talk all this over later when our hearts have rested said the countess the conversation turned to other subjects for it was impossible to dwell very long on this one though the couple came back again and again to their singular position either by some allusion or of serious purpose they had a delightful drive recalling the events of their former life together and the times of the empire the countess knew how to lend peculiar charm to her reminiscences and gave the conversation the tinge of melancholy that was needed to keep it serious she revived his love without awakening his desires and allowed her first husband to discern the mental wealth she had acquired while trying to accustom him to moderate his pleasure to that which a father may feel in the society of a favourite daughter the colonel had known the countess of the empire he found her a countess of the restoration at last by a cross-road they arrived at the entrance to a large park lying in the little valley which divides the heights of margency from the pretty village of grolet the countess had there a delightful house where the colonel on arriving found everything in readiness for his stay there as well as for his wife's misfortune is a kind of talisman whose virtue consists in its power to confirm our original nature in some men it increases their distrust and malignancy just as it improves the goodness of those who have a kind heart sorrow had made the colonel even more helpful and good than he had always been and he could understand some secrets of womanly distress which are unrevealed to most men nevertheless in spite of his loyal trustfulness he could not help saying to his wife then you felt quite sure you would bring me here yes replied she if i found colonel chabert in derville's client end of part six